Hi, welcome to the Juno Files. This is a special Skype edition of the Juno Files. I am having the pleasure of talking with a friend of the show, Michelle Morgan. She has a book, I believe it's on a couple of bestseller lists, called The Girl, The Making, let's see, The Making, it's a Marilyn Monroe story, and it is about the making of the movie The Seven Year Itch. And how and how Marilyn has became an unlikely feminist. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you for having me. Now, the girl. This title is originating from the character that Monroe played in the movie, The Seven Year Itch. Correct. That's right. Yes, the character didn't have a name, so everybody just re- referred to her as the girl. That's right, and the movie itself. Billy Wilder produced it, directed it, and it starred Tom Yule as it was a it was a takeoff from the play uh, that ran for a couple of years on Broadway, and um, and tell us what what led you to decide to do a book on the Seven Year Itch. Um, well, it was actually um, my publisher's decision. Um, one of the editors there from Running Press, she actually contacted me and said that she'd had this idea for a book about the Seven Year Rich and that she thought I'd be a perfect author for it. So, um, of course, I was really thrilled and flattered that she thought of me. So we'd sort of talked about it on uh, quite a long phone call and then lots of emails back and forth. And it was eventually decided that instead of just concentrating on the Seven Year Rich, we should use that as a springboard to show how uh, the Seven Year Itch and that whole era changed Marilyn's life, um, how it changed Marilyn's life, and how she in turn has changed the life of others. So that's really how it all came about. It was it was my editor's um, idea, and I was just really, really happy to, to roll with it. And speaking of changing her life, a lot of people don't realize that this is the time that it was being made Marilyn was undergoing a period of, of well, I would say duress and and progress, um, because first off, when the movie was being made, she had to fight for that role, didn't she? Yeah, she did. Because I mean, she was always being put into these really um, sort of fluffy blonde roles um, and or musicals, and she'd become sick of it and. So at the beginning of 1954, she basically walked out and said she'd had enough, and she was suspended. And um, you know, the, the studio were were intent on punishing her for her awful behaviour as they saw it. Um, but then the bargaining chip happened that she had heard that they were going to do the Seven Year Rich, and that was a part that she actually did want to do. Um, so her representatives got in touch with um, 20th Century Fox and, you know, along it was eventually decided that if she would take a role in There's No Business Like Show Business, um, then there was a, a big possibility that she would be given the role of the girl. So that's basically what happened. Um, but, you know, she, she really wasn't happy at all um, during that whole year with 20th Century Fox and actually... At the end of the Seven Year Itch, she ended up walking out on them altogether and moving off to New York to create her own film company. Not only did she walk out on 20th Century Fox, but she also, during the filming, her marriage between 
a marriage to Joe DiMaggio more or less fell apart, um, it came to a head, didn't it, with the very famous scene of her being on the uh, on the steam grate mm-hmm. um, with her dress blowing up. Everybody knows the scene. There's been giant statues erected to it. Even in 2016, there was a candy bar commercial, mm-hmm. uh, which basically used the same scene. Um, but that, that scene in itself kind of triggered or made it come to a head, the ending of her marriage. Yes, I mean, it had been rumbling on. They got married in um, early 1954, and the the marriage from the beginning really wasn't very happy. Uh, Joe DiMaggio was quite um, intent on his wife staying in San Francisco with him and becoming, you know, this sort of pasta-making, homemaker kind of girl. And um, Marilyn, of course, didn't want that. Um, so, yeah, it kind of rumbled on, and he wasn't happy um, with the, the scene of the seven-year itch at all, and n- nobody knows exactly what happened that night. There are, you know, there are stories that um, that he hit her or that they argued very badly. Um, nobody knows apart from the two people that were involved. But let's just say that that you know there wasn't a, a great deal of happiness that particular night. And by the time they went back to Los Angeles, the the marriage was to all intents and purposes, over. But given to her credit, though, I mean, a lot of women, especially in the 1950s, it would have been the safer way out to to say, okay, honey, I'm going to do what you say. You're the man. Mm-hmm. That's what you saw on TV during the time. That was the era. And she and herself, she said, no, I have my own life to live. Yeah, and I actually talk about that in the book, about... Um, what was expected of 1950s women. You know, basically, um, it was expected that you would grow up, that you would leave school, and maybe get a little job in a shop or a factory or somewhere like that, maybe be a school teacher. And then as soon as you met a nice young man, um, you were expected to, to give up everything and become a wife and mother. Um, it was, you know, it, it was like a, a typical 1950s um, expectation, but Marilyn wasn't a typical 1950s woman. Um, so obviously the the marriage didn't work because she was intent on becoming um, a serious actress, and she you know she didn't want to stay at home. And um, Joe DiMaggio didn't really understand that. Was there an event besides besides the famous uh, skirt blowing scene? Do you think there was an event in the uh in the making of the movie or during that time outside of the movie, which triggered her uh, independence? I, th- I think it was a combination of things. It was a combination of not being happy with 20th Century Fox, uh, with Joe DiMaggio's attitude. Um, in, in the divorce, dur- during the proceedings, she said that Joe would fall out with her for days at a time and wouldn't speak to her and she would be in one room and him in another and you know she she would ask him if he wanted to go out somewhere and he would tell her to stop nagging so it was a really quite a negative uh, atmosphere in that house so I think it was just you know a little a snowball that sort of got bigger and bigger and bigger as as the the year wore on and then Towards the end of it, I think she she just had enough. She'd had enough of 20th Century Fox, and she'd had enough of Joe DiMaggio. And she'd become friends with Milton Green, a photographer from New York, who basically offered her um, a hand, to, uh, a hand of friendship and help, 
um, to be able to escape this negative atmosphere that she found herself in. And him and his wife, Amy, offered her um, a home in on the East Coast, and she jumped at the chance, and she she flew out of there from Los Angeles to New York and basically never looked back. She was determined to become independent from uh, Joe DiMaggio, independent from 20th Century Fox, and just set up her own film company and mold her own life. Now, see, this is something which I had not realized until I read the book, was that she had never legally changed her name mm. to Marilyn Monroe until, until, you know, the movie, where she was, I mean, she was still legally known as Norma Jean Baker. Well, when she married Joe DiMaggio, she was Norma Jean um, DiMaggio. Um, there's, this, there's a few pictures that I think have been up for auction um, a few times of her passport application and stuff, and it's signed Norma Jean DiMaggio. Um, and then, of course, when they, they, they got divorced, she was still Norma Jean, and some of her friends still called her Norma Jean, actually. Um, but then in the mid-1950s, she sort of had this you know, independent feeling going on in, in her, and she just thought, well, I'm going to change my name too as well, because you know, she'd been Marilyn Monroe for 10 years um, almost, and so it just seemed like a natural choice. Was there anything in the book that you found that surprised you, that you didn't know before? Because you, you, this is not your first Marilyn Monroe book. No, that's right. I think that's. I think it's my fifth Marilyn mm -hmm. book. I think if I if I tallied them up, um, I think that the the thing that really surprised me most um, was about how much Marilyn changed the the face of industry. In that there were so many businesses and businessmen who would use Marilyn's image to to further not only their company but to further themselves in a way. There, there was doctors who would give seminars and they would use photographs of Marilyn to keep the attention going in the, you know, in the auditorium. There was a gas board who sent out their annual report and they used Marilyn's picture within the report because they knew that while people may not be interested in all the data in the annual report, they certainly open it just to see the picture of Marilyn. Um, there was all kinds of things like that, the way that her name was used, the, uh, the way that she she basically changed the way that people were thinking about how to publicize their companies and and stuff like that. And I found that really, really interesting. And every time I found out something new like that, um, I, I was, you know, was really excited about it because it was, it, I, I don't think many people sort of realized just how much that she had changed the world around her, um, you know, and, and overseas as well. I mean, you know, we say that she changed the, the the film industry, which she did, but no one sort of realized how much she was changing the, you know, the lives of other people, maybe, you know, people that she didn't even know. See, and this is one thing which, you know, like in her movies after 1955 with the seven year itch, they were still, they were still lighthearted, but, but there was a new depth to the uh, persona of Marilyn Monroe. Mm -hmm. There was. I mean, when it was after she'd been to the actor's studio. Um, that's when she made Bus Stop and The Prince and the Showgirl. Um, and Bus Stop in particular, I mean, the, her character and the way she, she plays her, I mean, she she just brings me to tears every time. You know, the, the, 
there's a scene at the end where she she realizes that that she's loved and um she puts on you know Beau's jacket and it, it that really gets to me every time Her, not so much the, the fact that she's been basically browbeaten into into marrying this guy but um the the amount of drama and emotion on her face is is just absolutely outstanding to me and um it, it was just a wonderful performance as was the the one that she had in the prince and the showgirl and she basically blew laurence olivier off the screen that's not an easy thing to do exactly now this was not and given her personal trials and tribulations this was not an easy shoot for any of the particulars. I mean, Billy Wilder uh, famously said that he would not work with her again, but he relented later on. Mm -hmm. um, I think it took her like up to 40 takes to get to get a, a single scene done. Well, I, I think in the Seven Year Rich, I don't think it was it was that that bad at all. Um, some like it hot. There was a lot of takes going on during that film, and that was also a Billy Wilder film. Um, the Seven Year Rich, yes, she, it was hard for her to to be in that film, um, you know, to to have all the things that were going on in her personal life, and then to have to go on to to the set and you know and dazzle everybody on the set and to learn her lines and know everything that she was supposed to know. That was really really hard, but the. The thing was that she pushed through and she was able to, to do it, which, you know, hats off to her. Um, but it was a hard shoot, mainly because of what was going on in her private life. Um, but she gave a, a fantastic performance and, you know, people still love it today. My daughter, myself, my daughter and my husband, we just watched it again last weekend, in fact. And um, my, I think my daughter must have seen it about three times now. She's only 14 and she really, really loves it. So... Everything that happened on the set of that film, um, Marilyn's performance and Marilyn's um, aura just shone on, and she gave the most fantastic performance. Well, Michelle, thank you for taking time today to be on the Juno Files. Michelle Morgan is the author, and the book is The Girl, Marilyn Monroe, The Seven-Year Itch, and The Birth of an Unlikely Feminist. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you very much. And that's the Juno Files for now.